Hi, my name is Mark Tucker, and welcome to Eugene Ballet at the Bar. Today's episode is with Antonio Anakin. Antonio is the artistic director of InstaBallet. He is creative and existential by nature, and has a very unique and deep way of thinking about dance. During our conversation, we discuss what he enjoys most about watching a dancer, the live arts industry's forced shift to digital experiences in viewing performances, and his dance training. We also talk about what it's like to dance for Disney, and how his exposure to musical theater helped him improve his confidence at a young age. We finish up our conversation by reminiscing about our childhood together and how InstaBallet has changed his view of what the audience is experiencing in a show. Before we start, I have a few announcements. For everyone who has been following the Double Door Challenge, we did it. Eugene Ballet raised $155,000, exceeding our goal and unlocking our match, match grant of an additional $100,000. Thank you to everyone who donated and helped share our message. It has gone a long way to paying for our new Midtown Art Center and sustaining the creation of dance and arts in our community. Secondly, a digital viewing of the Nutcracker will be available online, and you can find out more information at eugeneballet.org. If you have any feedback or subjects you would like to hear about, email this podcast at podcast at eugeneballet.org. Enjoy. Antonio Anakin, welcome to Eugene Ballet at the Bar. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Um, Antonio Anakin is the artistic director of Insta Ballet. Um, we've known each other for, oh my gosh, I can't count that high, a number of years since yeah. we were children. Yes. We both grew up together. Uh, he's danced with Eugene Ballet for a number of years. He trained across the country, uh, especially when you consider starting in Hawaii. It's always a journey to train anywhere other yeah. than there. Um, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'd like to state um, that when when we first met, I was taller than Mark, <laughs> and uh, his voice was much higher. Than oh me. my gosh. Now it's quite the opposite. I'm telling you, man, I used to just fantasize about being as tall as Antonio. I was like, man, when I'm as tall as Tony, like, that's going to be so cool, and Tony was 5'8", and... You're still 5'8"? Yeah, I'm still 5'8". Uh, I think I'm 6'2 yeah. now. Oh, I'm starting to shrink, man, my bulging discs. Yeah. Getting shorter every day. Anyway, um, welcome to the show. I, I look forward to diving in on, on the ideas of the day, talking about dance. We're two nerds just trying to hash it out. Yeah, man. Um, what is your favorite thing? What is your favorite thing when you watch dancers move what is your favorite thing to pay attention to uh my favorite thing is the the freedom watching the them turn all all the all the problems that they have and what's around them turn and turning it into a usable energy and an efficient energy and then when you see a performer on stage who can harness all that who can put it all together they are another being on stage and and then I I get to go along on a ride that they that they provide um, and they, they, they take me on this story through their art and that's my favorite part to be captured and then 
to be brought along it's like a, I can relate this to you Mark it's like when you catch that wave you know you're on <laughs> it and it takes you and it takes you and you're on this journey through this thing and you're exploring it you know but it's provided this 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 thing is providing you this journey and you can go on it and at the end of the journey you go whoa that was amazing thank you for getting me to this place you know because that was awesome it's so funny when I asked that question I I am genuinely interested I I fell in love with dancing because I love the way it felt to do it um, before I started paying attention to watching any other people dance I loved the way it made me feel and I guess that sounds kind of selfish but that's where my passion uh, grew from and where all of the yeah, what what's kind of brought me to this place all the study all the time I've taken to think about how to be good and how to to share that love with everybody else but when I ask people it always blows me away where it comes from for other people the way you talk about it is is so abstract in a sense that it's almost like you're just watching somebody be themselves and, and experience life rather than do a dance step or be a part of a performance. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's totally, that's what, that's what kind of blew me away about it. The, one, one of my first memories of, of San Francisco Ballet, I was a student there at San Francisco Ballet School for a little bit. After high school, I went there instead of college. And uh, I, I saw these, I, I, I like to say creatures and magical beings that were the company members. And they were doing obviously they're of high caliber they were doing all these steps that I was just learning to do but I saw them at their fullest I'm like holy moly these guys are amazing but not only was that not only was that like caliber really high of what they were doing their technique uh, when I got to talk to some of them they're just regular people and that like blew me away because then I was like well could I I could I, I could do that like they're just talking chit-chatting about sudoku or something you know <laughs> but they're doing these beautiful the way they move they're so and it's just like they had every everything so it it was like it was like a lifestyle or a, a way of being and i was like that's i don't know really efficient to me it's like they had they, they had the inner and outer beauty you know it was just kind of a way of yeah being mm -hmm. and so i guess when i when i watch dance or when when I uh, when I do it, I like, well, what what you said, it made you feel good. It totally that's that's what it. I unlocked that for me. I was like, well, I didn't know I could be like that. Right. And that's powerful. It made me feel like more than just. It made me feel more of me and more than just me, and that I could be more. And that's why I I still promote it, even though I'm I don't dance as much. I still promote it because of how that that unlocking feature it can give, and then once you unlock it people can see that wow look at that like they they went through this journey to unlock themselves and they're helping me by by showing me this through their performance and maybe that might inspire me to try to unlock a little bit of myself or or at least appreciate like wow what a human can do when they go for the full human experience uh-huh uh, it's it's true I, I something you were talking about just now um so Antonio and I both grew up together in Hawaii. We talked about that. We grew up in a pretty sheltered environment in terms of the dance we were seeing. Um, we only really had opportunities if 
companies toured through the Blaisdell or Hawaii Theater. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think definitely leaving the island was a big eye-opening experience, personally. I remember when you came back from that first summer program, I think you went to San Francisco Ballet. This was before I had left and seen dance anywhere else. And you were like, man, they told us to do soda busks. But they said, do doubles. And I was like, no way. You can't do a double soda busk. And he was like, no. There were people that could do it. And we did it in class. And I'm just like trying to grapple with those ideas as a young dancer. I think I was probably 12 or yeah. 13. Like you can jump in the air and turn like, around two times. Twice? Two like, times. I didn't even believe you could man. do more than three pirouettes. Yeah, same, man. Until I think Ballet Hawaii brought in some guests yeah. um, to do Nutcracker. And I remember watching them turn like six and seven times and just being floored. Mind-blowing. Um, and that, of course, it's before YouTube and everything. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, before the YouTube. And that's, I mean, that's what, that's how I, I, I saw it when I, um, when I went off to these summer programs. They were, yeah, I guess the, my the YouTube of the time of just actually seeing people. <laughs> like the broadening of your horizon. No, it's yeah, true. And, and that was amazing because, yeah, we we started off in Hawaii and Hawaii had no, Hawaii didn't have a ballet company, uh, no major ballet company. There there was one back, I think, earlier in the day, but they lost funding a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so there were just bigger schools who brought in, as you were saying, who, who would bring in um, either professional dancers or a professional company would tour and so you would yeah. that was the only way you would kind of see things so, it was the only opportunity and so um, us just like leaving or just seeing seeing all that stuff is just yeah completely a whole other world of like possibilities possibilities <laughs> double cabrio whoa yeah dude double cabrio I remember <laughs> you saying it like four times in a row you were like yeah you jump and you beat your legs twice before you land I was like, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> and that stuff was like, yeah, and and that and that's why again, I think it's uh, a wonderful dance is a, not a tool or not. I don't say a tool. It's a wonderful path for people like you. There's, I I don't know if I would have, I don't want to say left Hawaii, or would have, maybe I just would have gone down the regular path. You know, I'm. You know, growing up in Hawaii, your people are kind of set. Like you're there. Once you're there, you're, you're there, baby. Like yeah, you got all everything yeah, you the, need. The, the ocean right there. It's very. Be- it's a very beautiful place. The food's great, but um, yeah, the the experience of a little bit more, um, was eye opening, and it helped lead me to myself to to find more of myself, in a in a bigger in a bigger sense give me more independence of myself and right. so I I I really applaud dance and ballet for that and I really try to show people hey if you if you're looking for something to do why don't you try this out because it it, it has helped me it was it was something that helped me become who I am and it might help you and if you need help I can help you I've been actually yeah. practicing helping people <laughs> do this uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, dance has taught me one of the most important things is just discipline. Like, how to, in knowing yourself, in knowing your strengths, and knowing your weaknesses, how you turn those things into productivity and hard work. And it it can be so tough sometimes to balance those things because 
you I always call it giving yourself a win give yourself a win like okay I did that or I I can do that technical element whatever it is revelat uh, sodabas you know lots of pirouettes if you give yourself that that win then you kind of remove some of the motivation to make it better and so it's it's like balancing um, looking at yourself in a way where you can identify things you'd like to improve and take action whether it's training whether it's more time at the bar whether it's stretching and um, you know being thoughtful watching other people dance trying to learn about technique from watching yeah, other talented dancers it's a difficult balance to make sure that you're not being too hard on yourself and just tearing yourself down every day mm-hmm. um, and also not not becoming too comfortable and complacent I think there's something really beautiful about watching an artist that I feel like has worked to be where they are I think it it shows through and how they approach performance how they express their art form and ultimately becomes one of the most beautiful things about that person's being that person's um, expression is the the path they've taken to get there certainly we had we had a pretty crazy time understanding what it would be like to be a professional artist or dancer I guess I should say um, because there there were none around us at that time yeah um how much do you do you watch a lot of uh of dance online uh well i feel like nowadays you can't you can't not watch. well not with, <laughs> yeah since the pandemic i things, suppose things just uh come by i mean I, I i feel like i don't have to seek it out as much right it's just in your face <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just there now something i was wanting to talk to you about is how how you feel our art is kind of moving in a direction of being presented digitally and if you kind of have any opinion on how that's done or what what might be exciting what we might be losing like letting go of mm-hmm. uh well i think for one i think it's about time honestly i think it should have been it should have been here before this it, this it shouldn't have taken this stoppage to to do it but at the same time if you before before this all you know slow down of things there was no time and then there was no when you have no time it's hard to get your eyes on it then you have to find the funding to do all this stuff right um, um so in, in my in my mind i feel like there's there's already been a backlog of of ideas that have that are trying to be implemented now that should have been implemented before mm-hmm. um if you, and it makes sense because if you look at what's happening in the arts or especially dance teaches you how to be at the forefront of the moment maybe the maybe moment. let's just frame it in like live performance mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah instead of the arts or, but like just framing live performance well yeah so bringing it bringing it to that where the live performance is will still be the same but how it actually gets to the audience that's the different part about uh-huh. it and that's where it it yeah, this this setup of having live streaming um, now um, is just like yeah, it's just again the audience is there. You're you're gonna do a show, and there's gonna be an audience. But how now? Th- now this tran- the transfer 
is different. Yeah, the relationship. The, the relationship is different. And so I think we could have had it a, a little bit sooner, but a little bit sooner in our lives, this maybe how to be in front of a camera and this is very difficult because you get into this like what do we train for you know we just train to be classical ballet dancers but you look at today's thing today's world you have to be not only a classical ballet dancer and then if you want to teach you got to learn how to teach become a teacher and then if you're doing that you have to know how to zoom like use a computer to to have the right uh, video settings audio settings uh -huh. uh, and to communicate through this presence this this digital presence already or, or medium yeah medium and this is wait but this is what you weren't trained to do you're just, we have no conditioning for it for, so to for speak. this so that's why it's it's a little strange for us to be taking on this thing where where it's like well shouldn't shouldn't it be set up to follow the trends of what what's happening so when the when the artist or when the teacher comes in they can go in and just be they can tackle whatever is coming because that is what is in like the moment and what what I think dance is going to be or anything life is going to be is it's going to be that that next moment and that's what that's what you talk about discipline and dance uh -huh. is teaching you to 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 tackle those next moments to, to well, do that let me back you up a little bit so what you're saying is you, you're definitely feeling like this digital component it has a place in our art form and that it's just a matter of kind of learning how to communicate through that medium in a in a new way it, totally and it's just uh it, it makes for me it makes sense because is there is there a specific type of um let's take insta valley for an example um you guys have produced a number of streaming insta valley shows uh, just digitally and the dancers were present in one space and then all the communication that came in for the back and forth uh, creation of the choreography was through zoom how wh what did you how did you like that let's start there uh, it was both it was good that we were doing it that we, we can now now that we have the technology to do that we it's great that we still can connect because uh -huh. I think back in the day the last pandemic they didn't have Instagram right they didn't have the internet to 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 understand or at least they had to, everyone had to go to their own homes and stay there at least with today you can go home but you can still talk to people and communicate and create art with people. So, yeah to, to a degree, to a degree. Uh, yeah um, but it yeah obviously I would like it to be uh, to, to actually have people there it's plain and simple let's bring it back to what it was before yeah that'd be fantastic uh -huh. um, but now since we have since we have an extra thought in there why don't we have that extra camera kind of explore those ideas. you know and why not is it, it it might take up one seat physical seat of mm -hmm. a person who is there but that one camera could have one to a thousand two thousand three thousand I don't know depending on your audience but hundreds or thousands of people behind that one camera and so who can maybe experience you through that medium and if it's if you're helping somebody and that's their way of communicating and they want to reach out to you well then maybe give them that opportunity give them that opportunity yeah you know i i like what you're saying i just um it's been difficult 
for me personally, I feel like there's something so significant about the way our art form has evolved, whether it's teaching it um, and being in the studio and the way you're able to communicate and connect with a, a young dancer and express technique, whether it's through creating metaphors and you're talk while you're talking to them, through physical demonstration, through uh, feedback where you can actually manipulate their body so that they have a sense of what kind of feeling they're looking for and trying to recreate and, and entrench in their coordination. And it, in the same turn, when dance was, um, or, or our art form has evolved to be performed in a theater, like interacting with the audience in person, hearing their response and kind of feeling the energy in that room has been such a big part of what I focus on when I'm on stage. It's a very strange experience to then think about how dance might be interpreted via a camera lens mm -hmm. and exactly where my headspace and and I just I suppose I'm feeling nostalgic about missing that interaction with the audience yeah, the, the I just wonder how it's going to change us well the definite like um, before the show hum of the theater like you can hear the the rumble of the audience just uh -huh. coming, talking chit chattering the programs yeah, I mean you hear yeah, like rappers and you know, and, like, you know, and that's, that's that's definitely a miss you know because it's like those yeah you can't the air in the theater is definitely different when you have a you know a few thousand people in there you know ready to go see a show that's how you cannot the energy is different there's a definitely like buzz in the air you def, that's the thing that i think we're trying that you're saying you're we're missing you know and uh where's that buzz when it's just a camera now you know yeah and i and i don't disagree with you i think there's a lot to be explored with film and dance um specifically what i admire about film is that you have direct control over where the focus of your viewer is going. Um, you have a literal framework uh, that will be experienced, unless you're talking about VR, which is something we should get into later. But so with film, you're directing their focus to what you want them to see. And I, th I certainly miss the idea that an audience can, an audience member can sit back and let their focus um, be directed in a much more organic way mm -hmm. where they have a little more agency over the experience of a show. They could be watching the person dancing center center. They could be watching the person in the back line because that just happens to be the dancer on stage who's feeling it the most and there's something about them that's appealing. Yeah, I, I worry about our art form in that sense that that the audience might be losing something and and I say all this with the hope that we will get back to full theaters again and mm -hmm. stuff like that but I I just wonder on the other side what we might be able to do when we do get to choose the focus and or direct the focus of the viewer and how we might begin to express things choreographically or think about performing them um, you you do some choreography uh, I personally don't I find it to be incredibly 
unveiling and I feel so vulnerable and I don't have enough control over how it's done and it's just it's just like a I turn into a basket case but anyway anyway uh, with with film and and presenting dance uh, it's just something I worry about you know, and that and that's and that's like to, not to get too extreme because it's it does seem that way when you go it almost does seem so so stark when it's just a lens and there's just one eye and you're just looking instead of the thousands of eyes you just have this this thing you know um, the lens looking at at you um, and uh, to to kind of like I don't know what, what was I trying to get to to again that that I think yeah no I think we'll get back to the theater there will be people there um, but again we we are able to have this new world with this technology and this up to bring other eyes in there who maybe maybe they won't fit maybe the theater is too full of people yeah oh so we can put a I camera like that idea <laughs> yeah we can put a camera so but at the same time um if i don't want to say if i want to get down to it it's just money and tech like yeah. that they have 360 cameras they have technology where you have VR goggles. Like if we're gonna think about that, I like to think where some seats will be physical people, uh-huh. some seats will be digital people, and we'll have different cameras in the around the theater. And so you could, if you're a digital person, you could hop to a different camera. And that is a really neat idea. And, and I, really, it, I haven't even thought of yeah, it that way. Yeah, it would way. be a 360 camera, and since you have your VR goggles on, you would be able to look at who you want to, in that sense. Yeah. yeah, and so you could def- then you can maybe even have a wireless camera up on stage as a prop, and even have a, an audience member on stage vir- virtually, and they could be looking there, and they could be almost part of the scene, and because they have their VR goggles, and you have their camera, you know, and they could almost be in that whole experience to be on the stage now without actually having to have an audience member on the stage. No, that is certainly something I haven't really considered. Although uh, I will say that it it was in my mind we did our uh fundraising performance homes where the art is Mm -hmm. and we had the three camera angles and the audience was very sparse i did try to picture other people up there with me like the audience would be standing next to me as opposed to out in front of me yeah and and to it sort of gave me um like a lot of a lot of solace but also some confidence that there were people right there. Yeah, and I would. I had an opportunity to share. That's that's really interesting that you brought that up. I haven't really thought about it in that sense. I I guess I get kind of stuck, just thinking about it in the framework of putting a camera at the back of the theater and pointing it towards the stage, or yeah, and, you know, having a film crew. Yeah, and that's why it's a little bit. It's a little. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do, what do, what did I like? What are we trained for? Like, I, I thought we were talking about classical ballet, but here we are talking about three cameras set up in virtual reality, you know, 360, you know, into a digital thing, into a digital theater, uh-huh. you know, it's like, whoa, I thought we were doing tondus. I thought we were going to talk about, you know, brushing of the feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it, but, makes, it makes a lot of sense. I think there's... Uh, but that's kind of where we are. When you frame it that way, yeah. it, it definitely is a lot more hopeful. And it's a, it's a, a new theater type of, yeah. new, new type with more eyes, and it's just allowing, what, who was I talking to? I was, Again, uh, Elon Musk said this. You know, it's not about his Teslas. It's not about the actual car, the that machine. It's about the machine that makes the machine. 
-huh. It's about his warehouses that makes those cars, that makes the efficiency. How do you make the machine that makes the machine? Because huh. if you can have that overall one working really fine, then huh. when we get into the place, if we get into a theater and it's it's well oiled, we can go. We'll where, be able to share where, with share where, whomever might want to be into. So, and that's what the theaters were back in the day. Look, if you need to create a pre presentation, this is the ultimate place to do a presentation. Yeah. You know, here look, we can bring in things. We can have lights. We can you know, and people are facing you. And so that's that's an analog theater, I guess. Right. So coming up with 2020 in a we still uh -huh. want to keep the analog stuff we still like that obviously we don't want to just go to video that would right. be just something know, lost something lost yeah. so okay it's not about moving away it's about adding oh um, it makes a lot of sense yeah, man we, let's add let's add more add it that way we can cover we cover all the bases we're not leaving one we're not you know forgetting yeah. about the others no no we just add it to this and then isn't that what we want come on come on adding more get let's make this let's make this hug a little bit bigger that, i i i'm on board with that man i could get behind you let's yeah. do it let's find a way yeah we're finding it we're trying we're trying oh, no, <laughs> man. we're trying, we're trying. We're well trying. nothing like a challenge to get some creativity going <laughs> yeah and and again like what like this what dance has taught me to stretch to, to do a stretch, you have to, you feel the stretch in the beginning. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't, this is gonna well, feel, it's gonna hurt or it's, you can feel it. But once you take those three seconds and you go through it and you let yourself releasing it, then it's just like you feel the benefits. So it's really strange to get stronger, to get more flexible, you have to kind of go through that, that pain, quote unquote, yeah. pain. And then this quite literally <laughs> and then and then you get there then then you experience the results uh -huh. and so again what has that's why I love dance dance I could talk about dance all day about and I can talk about the, we can talk about the technique how to do the technique all day but in at the end of the day it needs that somebody needs to actually do it uh -huh. to do it and that's what I loved it because it for me it felt like I am connected I'm connected yeah because this is the through thing. dance through yeah. dance it's, it's this is a thing now this is that life moment where it now it all comes to play where you actually do and be it and that's why it's very very powerful it's for me it's efficiency about life the time and the moment all the present all packed into one when you when you do that dance move right when you, when you dance well, I, I think i think there's something there i always try to uh Say, like, take it all with you. Take your whole life with you. Yeah, <laughs> all of is. your experiences. It is, in every moment, it is. That's, and that's, what, that's what's the, the beauty for me about it. I watch, I watch those dancers to the fingertips, and I see uh -huh. their, their life experience has taken them there all the way to their fingertips. And that's, that's, the one, that's so, so beautiful because I, I, I relate because my life, my life and my right. experiences. Uh -huh. to, so, so it's like when you see someone, to, to, they can do that and overcome that man that's that's powerful and why would you want to deny people from finding their finding themselves yeah. in, in terms of dance so uh speaking of taking it all with you and setting up your whole life you we we both grew up in hawaii when did you move away uh 18 yeah right 18. out of high school out of high school i went to the san francisco ballet summer program um and then i asked if I could stay year round, and they accepted me year round, mm -hmm. and that was my form of college. Yeah. And then you trained. So you trained with San Francisco. How long were you there? I was there for three years. Uh huh. Um, and 
I didn't get a job anywhere, so I was 21, and uh, living in San Francisco, I didn't have a job. Um, dance job. Dance job. Yeah. And so I went back home to Hawaii, and uh, I got a I got a job working on a small boat cruise where my dad was working. Oh, right on. Yeah, on the Star. Was Honolulu. it the Star? Yeah. yeah. My cousin TC worked on the Star. Yeah. Just a quick... Did you dance uh, hula? Or yeah, I just danced, I just danced the hula. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was able to pick it up really well, mm-hmm. uh, really quickly. Um, and so I just did that for maybe a few, maybe a month. I wasn't in Hawaii for too long because when I went back, I took a dance class from, I think, like Andrew Sakaguchi. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I had Mr. Sakaguchi as well. Yeah, <laughs> I like, can't even call him by his first name yet. Yeah, yeah I think he was teaching the class, and I was like, you know what? I, I haven't seen him. I haven't ta- uh-huh. taken a dance class in Hawaii. Long. I'm going to go do that, and I did it. It was fun. And then he, somebody told me about an audition for uh, Walt Disney World um, at the Hilton the next day. Oh, is this the one out on the west side? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I was there, and they just said, hey, there's an audition for Disney uh-huh. at the Hilton somewhere and I was like all right cool I'm gonna go do that right on and then that's when I got my Disney gig I did that audition and they called me a few days later oh, man we haven't talked about that in forever yeah and so how was Disney Disney oh. was Disney opened opened me up to a lot of I guess the working the working world of dance but it was really cool without uh getting too too much into it because it's a whole corporate that's a whole Disney is a whole yeah. mega thing but um, I was paid really well. We were the dancers were union. Uh-huh. Um, I actually, I don't know. If this is maybe you have to, maybe you might have to edit this part out. But I don't know. Like this, <laughs> I was, I was getting paid more than Mickey Mouse. That's crazy. Yeah. Because you're a dancer. Because I was a dancer under union under the big union um, here in the states. Is it Agma? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and then Disney characters were just employees of Disney. Yeah making a regular wage something i've always admired about disney and it it's kind of double-edged but they take such um care to make sure that the standard of their character and their storyline and the technique of the dancers and and the steps are are done exactly the way they want them to do yeah it's in it's in a book it's like you, it's yeah. really hardcore from what I understand I, I never worked for Disney but from everybody all of my friends who've worked for Disney whether it's dancers or characters it's it's they they take so much care and time and energy making sure that it the performance comes out exactly the same and that they're always seeing that character and that character has a backstory and and they they do it all for you mm-hmm. um, I admire that because I think there's you know they're very clear in their goal and what they want to share but at the same time as a creative person I imagine it can be really difficult to not have any personal agency when you're going out to perform yeah I, I we did our sh- we did our show I think six to eight times a day yeah the show like, was maybe about grueling. 20 minutes but it was the same show but the way they they structured it where you would have you were in two different casts but everyone was in two different casts so it would always kind of you would never really dance with the same person because of the way it all kind of worked that's out. interesting and so it kind of kept it fresh uh-huh. in that sense even though you were doing the same thing you would kind of meet up with different people and so that was kind of nice that is cool um, but yeah it, after a while um, coming from like classical ballet school and this and just doing a, a little twenty minute 
I think the, the hardest thing I had to do was I, get, I had to get one leg higher than 90 degrees to the side, one <laughs> which is like, okay. And then I think maybe, I think there was a double pirouette. Yeah. But all, all, all the other stuff was just a song and dance musical theater. We it's like not and the most was, rewarding. I, I can understand that. There, there's something about the challenge of the but dance. But it was, it was a beautiful, it was a great experience. And that, you know, it's just, that, that was a whole other world. And so, yeah, my creative juices were like, yeah, I need, I need something need a little more. bit. Yeah. So just for the listeners, a little backstory, uh, to continue in our backstory with Antonio and myself, we were both members of the Diamond Head Theater Shooting Stars, which on Oahu is a, a very prestigious, I guess I can say that, it is prestigious, a prestigious performing arts group where we were, uh, I think the ages were nine to 20. I think something like that. Something yeah. like that. And it was just kids from all around the island. Uh, and we would put together shows uh, and it was all musical theater based. We did a, a lot of Disney medallies. We did, uh, they would produce you know, shows off-Broadway with all children casts. So we got we had the opportunity to do a number of things together. I mean, it it certainly sparked sparked my passion for performance. Yeah, and I think and it, was, it was good for... So uh, many opportunities. Yeah, good for young boys with a lot of energy yeah. <laughs> to be there because it was a Saturday from like 1 to 5. We, yeah, was, we danced for two hours and then we sang for the rest. For the rest, pretty and, much, and and then put the show like singing in harmonies, and then also moving your bodies, and be, you know, with the choreography. I think it was really um, that's why I love the theater and I love musical theater to give all that energy. And all no, that it energy. is all about the energy it for is. my mind. Yeah, it's like it's just an expression of of the energy level and the channeling of it. Mm. No, it was a great time, and uh, that was a, and so to again, that's the only why I keep promoting it because it's. Do do you have a best memory from shooting stars? Uh, my best memory, well, some of them actually, I think they were more barriers for me. Like they, I never considered myself a singer, uh -huh. um, but being there, everyone kind of had to do a little bit of both. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and so it helped me break out. I had I think one solo before, like to actually sing one whole song by myself was really nerve-wracking and I uh -huh. got to do that there I don't think I don't know if, I think I did okay but at the same time like I didn't know I could do that as from that age you know and right. to be able to have that opportunity I'm glad I had that um, do you remember any of our shows we I, used to perform at like Sea Life Park and Neiman weddings yeah. Neiman Marcus I, I, Moana shopping yeah, center I liked our harmonies when oh, I they would break us up into four or five, six parts. Yeah. Because the, the kids... You were either a one, a two, a three, or a four uh, based on uh, soprano, alto, baritone, tenor. Yeah. And then you had your, you had your bass baritone kids. Yeah. I went straight from one to four. Yeah. <laughs> I think I went... Yeah, I jumped down to And even four. then, I was like, they had me sit between the three and the four because I was never really a baritone and I was never really a tenor, or I was more of a baritone, less of a bass. Like, oh yeah. Uh, but those, I, could, those I got lost in the those are, I thought those were beautiful when we would hit those harmonies just right to have, and I'm like, this is powerful, this is really cool. To yeah, it was a good time. I think it's definitely something as a young person, 
that it was uh, great to have so many projects, so many things to work on, and then those opportunities to be on stage. Yeah. Whether it was in Neiman Marcus or uh, under a tent in Sea Life Park. I think my best, my favorite memory, which is why I asked you, and I wasn't sure if you were in the uh, Jim Neighbors Christmas oh, yeah, show. No, we did a few of those. Yeah, we did. And I think it was our first performance. It was a Friday night. And it was the finale number, and Shooting Stars was probably one of six or seven arts groups that was involved in the show. And it was a packed Hawaii theater, Honolulu Symphony, Shooting Stars, Jim Neighbors, he's on stage, and we rehearsed this crazy finale where we were all marching down the alley, yeah, the, the aisles, yeah. and like people were coming in from the catwalks, and there were people on every level of the stage. And Jim Neighbors messed up the words to the song and probably like I we couldn't have been more than like 15 bars into the song and he said stop and he stopped the whole Honolulu Symphony and he said I messed up the words can we just go back and start over in front of all the people and I remember thinking to myself like oh my gosh this guy is so famous he stopped seven arts groups in the finale scene and we all, it was like, everybody just kind of walked back to their places, and we started the scene over again, and the audience loved it. It was crazy. Well, and the fact that I think it was so candid, you know, and so down to earth, and he was just like, yeah. hey, I made a mistake, guys, you know what? <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. It was wild for me. I will never well, Yeah, those Christmas that. shows are pretty epic. Yeah. And uh, those are, again, good times, good experiences to be in the theater, and to to have that, and to... I think this is what my mom was hoping that it did, and it did take me away from Hawaii a little bit, uh-huh. and just made me experience what's happening around the world. As in, like, oh, these people do these in theaters, and what happens in theaters, all a lot of things happen. It's just mm. not here. Like, this, you're connected to a lot of right. what's happening, history and yeah. art and discipline, and I mean all the things we kind of touched on already. Mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you, man. I remember we did that that wooden soldiers on parade dance and because I had gone through a growth spurt the first time we did it we stood next to each other and then the next time I stood in the middle of the line yeah, <laughs> you're still on the down side the line. Yeah. <laughs> he's moving down the oh line oh my gosh here I am yeah um yeah those are such good memories um so you worked at Disney yes wait let's talk about your mom your mom is is actually really important in my ballet career as well yeah um you want to tell the story or should I about uh, how can, we all started start yeah you can start it off so basically we were at shooting stars one Saturday and Antonio's mom which she drove this uh, like panel van yeah it was pretty awesome mom van. she had a massage table in the back sometimes yeah she would do mobile mas- anyway she was awesome and she basically showed up at shooting stars and was like there's a boys audition for ballet Hawaii Pacific Ballet Academy for scholarships and she just took all the boys from shooting stars and put us in the van yeah, and event. drove us out to the ballet school and that's that's how i <laughs> that's how i got back into ballet i think i had tried it a few times i danced maybe for three months mm-hmm. prior to that when i was uh i was like nine years old but now we're fast forwarding i think i was 12 you maybe were 15 yeah something about no, Some, yeah. somewhere 14 15 you're a freshman in high school, right? Yeah, I was thir- 13, 13 maybe, 13, yeah. 14. That makes, 13. that makes sense. That's like right around there. But we all just 
I remember I took class in my board shorts yeah, for the first time. Yeah. I think I had like cut sweatpants or something. Yeah. We were all we're wearing socks. None of us had ballet shoes. Yeah. We just I didn't have like I didn't rag tag. I didn't start wearing tights till like a few months. Sunburn. Yeah. Sandy. It was just always like sweatpants. Sweatpants. I just wore black board shorts. Yeah. Like, like it was like they I think they were afraid of like the idea of wearing tights was scary. Yeah. I think <laughs> they were they held off on that one for a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like my mom just yeah it was a flyer that said She's, she had the vision ballet man. lessons. Oh. Hey, boys, get in the van. And then just open up the door and dumped us out there. And, and it's pretty wild that Mark and I took different routes, but that we ended up here in the Eugene Totally, Valley. man. I was going to ask you about that. It, I think we didn't see each other for like 12 years. Yeah, or 10 years, something like that. 10, 12 years. It was a long time. And I was talking to, I think, Jen uh, about new dancers. No, it was Mitch and Jeff because they were at CPYB with yeah. you. Anyway, we were talk. I was talking to them, and they were like, "Yeah, Tony's coming." And I'm like, "You mean Tony Boy, like Antonio, Anakin?" And they're like, "Yeah, he's coming from CPYB. He's joining the company next year." It just blew my mind that we could kind of literally go across. I went to North Carolina after I left Hawaii. I was there. You went. You did Disney. What did you do after Disney? You went to CPYB. Yeah, CPYB, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and then. And then we somehow found our way to Eugene Valley uh, via very different paths. Yeah. It just blows me away. And then again, when the I... The likelihood. Yeah. When I last saw Mark, I, again, I was taller than him. <laughs> or like the Telling you, man, we were close, I think. Yeah. And then the next time I saw him, it was completely different. That was... But yeah, so it's, it's been... Yeah, after... Uh, it's been a, a ride after we got Disney, I went to... Uh, Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet. My brother was there, and also my mom moved up to there. Uh, they left Hawaii, um, and uh, we bought a, a rundown house or a condemned house. And all the money I made from Disney, I put into this house, and it was kind of a good turning point in our family to have to not be renting anymore. That's pretty cool, um, man. So that was. You're telling me your ballet career brought your whole family to Pennsylvania. Pretty yeah, pretty much, and it it helped us get a. Yeah, to get out of renting in Hawaii, yeah. it was very expensive to it's live. It's so tough, and, man. Um, and we weren't that fortunate to have all these things there. So, and then just in my in my family terms, it was, you know, we things were a little getting things were there's a different path happening. So, for my mom to go to Pennsylvania and find a place uh, for her and my brother and and me, and then for me to have this Disney gig that had brought in all this money. Yeah, it kind of made sense for us. It's like here, look, we we need this roof is leaking. Kind of take care money. of each we other. Gotta, we gotta we gotta do this, you know, and let's un, let's uncondemn this house, so we can actually move into it, live there, and just be and have a house. Be I don't say normal, but like have stability or not be under the pressure of renting uh-huh. all this time. And um, so that was strong steps in our family to to get there, and it took a lot took a lot of barriers to break through from me personally you know and my mom to a lot yeah. of barriers of just well CPYB is a pretty rigorous school to be involved with as well they they demand a lot of time and yeah I actually got in trouble uh, a lot because <laughs> <laughs> it because it, it's a great school like you if you want to do ballet that's where you go honestly right. like it's um, they will instill discipline but uh in terms of where I was, I was 21 when I got there, you know, so 
Uh, a lot of my classmates were um, 10, 11 years old, 12, uh-huh. and they had way better technique than I had uh. at a young age. And it was, oh, talk about ego shattering. You know? <laughs> I, like, I, whoa, I thought I'm trying to, like, I thought I'm, I'm getting ahead, but right. these are, these little uh, ballet, these little ballet machines are like, they're, yeah, they, they have some incredible students. Well, I mean, to touch on growing up in Hawaii again, it was you and myself and Benjamin Dorado. Yeah. Those were like the three boys who were really pushing for ballet and uh, pushing in the framework that we were involved, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Not pushing at uh, the same competitive level as CPYB. But that it was really tough to leave the island and we all kind of had our things that we were the best at and we would get cast accordingly or we get those opportunities and I don't know you never really had to challenge yourself against anyone else and then to leave and understand there's a whole world of young dancers out there that are really focused and driven and they're learning as much as they can about the art form the technique performance I mean to swim in a bigger pond, so to speak. Yeah. Again, uh, again mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, and CPYB especially. The, one of my favorite aspects about their school is they're so honest about their leveling. You know, like you said, you could be a 21-year-old dancer dancing next to an 11-year-old, but you guys are in the same place technically Yeah. in terms of your ballet. And that serves everyone ultimately because the reward really is when you master those elements of technique you're moved up yeah and not for any reason other than you've showed demonstrated competence like the currency is the your effectiveness yeah and and your discipline to yourself yeah. it's it's the full thing it's it's very one and it taught me to taught me that right um yeah <laughs> uh so we're we're kind of coming up on the end of our time here i do want to talk about insta ballet before we oh yeah no problem before we go um. Yeah, to fast forward through the rest of the story, you left CPYB to join Eugene Ballet Company. You danced with the company for five years. Uh, yeah, five years. I think five, five years. Five years. Five or six. I can't. I'm, I... And somewhere in there, you founded Insta Ballet. Yeah. Can you just explain what Insta Ballet is? Yeah, Insta Ballet is uh, crowdsourced choreography, to be quick and simple. Um, we we create the ballet with you. We, we host free events where audience, the public can come in and it's a come and go event. Um, they can sit and watch or they can participate in by sharing their ideas um, about an over, there's sometimes an overall all theme. Ident- that, ideas about movement though, about right? About movement, yeah. about movement onto, their, onto this overall theme and we help take their ideas and transform them into movement. Right. Um, and it's very much the idea of well, technology is giving us everything in real time. How do we do that with our art? How do we do that with, with dance? How do we do that yeah, with dance? And so, well, why don't we actually create it with them? And uh-huh. the, we started off in the summertime because there was nothing in the summer. It was the season, the, the Eugene Ballet season was done, it was over. And so it was Suzanne and I, we said like, what could we do, you know? Like, I kind of want to dance. Right, finding uh, a way to dance. Yeah, and so here in Eugene, we have the first Friday art walk with the Lane, which the Lane Arts Council puts on mm-hmm. every first Friday of the month. And so, look, hey, look, there's this free event. There's artists. Uh, people are going to be out in. It's already town. an audience. They're, yeah, yeah they're, they're walking around looking for art. Why don't we just say, come here, open, free? 
yeah. you know, come create with us. And uh, yeah, we just, we, it was a big unknown um, of, it's not like the unknown of, um, we've always invited like board members or people into rehearsals, but this was taking it a next step further. Not, it, not only just putting on a, sh putting on a rehearsal where people get to see the creative get to see the creative process, process but they get to add a piece of their idea into the creative process see their idea get transformed into a, a body and see see that whole working that whole process and that way when they do and what I learned is when they do have that idea now the audience members are able to kind of read uh -huh. read the dance so when that move comes they're like oh look that's my move and if you if you've been creating with us that evening you actually be able to read the entire dance because you would see and hear the ideas and watch them tra being uh, translated. And as a participating audience member, you'd see, oh, that idea led into that idea. Uh -huh. and that dance move is that. And so now you have an audience who not just are watching and watching and creating or just watching. They're also um, they're able to understand it and yeah. not just it's not just something to just watch that just hits just to the experience but it they have yeah so the our artists our dancers are able to perform and they're being fulfilled by the choreo you know with these different new um, ideas and uh getting their body into the moment and also the audience is not just sitting there and just watching these shows no mm -hmm. they, they get to see their ideas into it and so it's a really a lot of back and forth you know with this totally man i mean i've danced in a number of them i've probably at least half a dozen if not more oh it's got to be more than that yeah, quite nowadays few, yeah. but it it is something as as the dancer you never you never know what to expect in it there's there's a bit of an excitement uh to kind of uh to take on that challenge of the unknown and do your best to express the thoughts of somebody else mm -hmm. to, to the best of your ability i'm always like wanting it to go crazy because it there's sort of a reward in that and it really yeah it's it's really embracing the vulnerability yeah which is sure. what you usually don't get in a theater there is a vulnerability yes in a theater you you kind of hope that the audience will receive what you are giving but uh -huh. there's no there is a feedback by there's yeah there's clapping and hooting and hollering but there's no literal feedback of no, I don't like that. No direct, or, yeah. No, no direct, direction. There's no, no direct. stage direction yeah, there yeah. for sure. And that's and that's quite hard because you you put all your effort into this move and it's all your feeling, as we say, is so uh -huh. passionate to do that one move, and then someone can just go, "Oh no, that's not what I." Oh my right. gosh, you I know, know. It, it drives me nuts. And you're just like, "Oh man, that's but to but to be like, okay, that wasn't it, but then that helps the person, that helps the audience members see what the idea actualized, you know? Uh -huh. And so they're able to see it fully, which is very, very important. Now they can make a, a, a full decision of whether that was the right thing or not. And they saw this person be vulnerable with them, with, with, the, with them and to put on this new thing to show you what, you know, what the possibility of this future would be like this is here's a role that we're gonna that we're going to try <laughs> that we're gonna try and take yeah um, and thank you for shining and doing that because that I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do that I've, I've I've never trained to do that or I wouldn't have thought of that and that gives me a better another per, just open perspective okay on how you create dance yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or, or watch dance or watch it and this opens up these different different questions a little bit more questions that aren't so based on the linear path of uh -huh. this kind of the as we said the analog theater right 
you show up, you watch somebody else do a preconceived performance. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not pejorative. That is a really beautiful thing to experience, but this definitely is a new thing. Yeah. Um, keep it up, man. We're we're at the end of our time. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing sharing your thoughts. Um, certainly was fun to think about shooting stars for a little while. Yeah, reminiscing. <laughs> Seems so long ago. Reminiscing, man. Where are um, we now? Yeah. But uh, cheers. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners before you sign off? Um, keep on moving. Do you want to? Uh, what is it? Insta Ballet's um, Instagram. Oh, uh, you have an Instagram can, email. Uh, for Insta Ballet, you can find us at instaballet.org for our website. On Instagram, we're instaballetgram. And then if you want to email us, uh, insta, oops, info at instaballet.org. That's your email. One more time. Uh, info at instaballet.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on Eugene Ballet at the Bar, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, right, brother. Cheers. Cheers.